Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a game changer. If you get what I'm going to try to express today, it's a game changer. Amen. We are reading out of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. I'm not going to read it like I read it last week because, because I'll take my time to read it today. And the reason such in, in our reading. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places around in Christ. Just as he chose us in him or in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love or in Christ, having predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved or in Christ. In him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards each of us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times that he may gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and are on earth in him who is Christ in him in Christ also we have attained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his own will. That we who first believed in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him, in Christ, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, in Christ also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Hallelujah. Verse 14, who is the guarantee of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, that's you, to the praise of his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The thought I want to bring to you this morning is you are his masterpiece in process. He is still processing you, but you are his masterpiece. It does not yet appear who you are. Notice why I said not what you're going to be, but who you already are. It does not yet appear here who you are. <laughs> you, you haven't reached full manifestation yet. How, but, but, but how, how do we work it? How do we work it? It's, it's, a, it, it's, it's you got to work this. Tell your neighbor, work it. Work it. Work it. Father, even now, hide me behind your cross. Allow the manifestation of your Holy Spirit to just take over. Have your way, Lord, in the preaching and the explaining and the exalting of your word. Lord, give clarity. Give understanding. Paint the picture that we need to see. Paint the picture, Lord, that we need to see. 
for your glory, Lord. For, we, for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Paul is really trying his best to paint a picture in two ways. Number one, what Christ has done. What Christ has done. Number two is just as important, who we are in Christ already. You're already there in Christ. And if we ever catch this, even if we catch a glimpse of it, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. It, it, it changes your paradigm and your picture of yourself. It, it changes, it changes, it changes, it changes, it changes how you allow other people to affect you. <clears throat> when you begin to realize really who you are in Christ, what other people think of you really doesn't matter. <laughs> matter of fact, you quit living for folks and start living for him. And there is a freedom, there is a freedom. The, the, the more you get to know him, the more you get to realize who you are in him. After a while, just silly stuff don't, don't even matter anymore. Um, uh, God is calling us higher. What God has created you to be is, is higher than anything this world got to offer you. <coughs> what, what, what Paul is trying to say to the church of Ephesus, because I think in the spirit, he precluded that they had a future problem coming. The reason I say that is because because, because, because the, the, he is trying to get them in awe of what the Lord has done in them, for them, in the heavenly realm, and how you can tap into that on an earthly matter. <coughs> the reason I believe he has to do this for them is because they are so surrounded by riches. They were like the Americas, the America in the Old Testament. We got so much stuff that's trying to get our attention. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TV, stores. Now you don't have to go in the store. You can tweet it. You can, you can, tell, them, you can tell them what you want. Go park and they bring it to your car. You know, you know, you don't have to go to the restaurant anymore. It's car dash. So, someone comes. <laughs> Did I say it right? Is I wrong? I don't know. I don't use it, so I don't know. <clears throat> my, my, what I'm saying is, is that all of this, in some ways, is a distraction. I mean, I mean, the Ephesians walked on streets that was marvel. There were mosaics on the sidewalk as you walk. Whatever you wanted, you could find here. It's a seaport city. Everything that was worth something came through Ephesus. You can find whatever you wanted. It's like Las Vegas. You know, whatever you do here stays here, you know? It, it, that, it, it was, they, whatever you want, you can find. Whatever you need, you can find it there. So, so they were kind of like this. They were enamored by the things of the world. And if the world catches you, you quit processing into who God has called you to be. I'm talking about saved people. It's in, it's in Revelations chapter 3 that he writes to the book of Ephesus. Not Paul, but John. Paul writes this in about 62 AD. John writes the book of Revelation in about 90 AD. 30 years difference. Did you know that a generation is 30 years? 
the next generation after Paul writes this, John writes, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ tell, tell John to write, you have lost your first love. You don't love me like you used to. You're going through the motion, you're still going to church, you're still doing the churchy stuff. But I don't got your heart. You, 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 you sing in the choir, you preach on Sunday. Matter of fact, I, I see what you do, you do good things. But your heart. It's for, hold on, hold on. Hey, you talking about church where Paul is telling them the height of who we are. And I think the reason is he knew that unless he got their attention, unless they became in all of him, the things around them was going to wing their hearts cold. <laughs> and I only see this in the first part of him talking about who you are, who you are, who you are in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. But I also see it, and we will tackle this later, in, in the prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, in the prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. He, he knocks down, in that prayer, he is praying for the, the main thing that they needed to stay on fire for the Lord. And apparently, just in 30 years, the Lord says, you are in danger of me closing the light on your church. Because when you get together, it's not about me. Wow. And I think if we, if we are, if we, if we are really looking at what's happening in the church in America, we see a whole lot of that. I think if we want to diagnose the problem of all the fallout of what's going on is we're having church, but it's not about Jesus. And if, and if we're honest, we're always in danger of, of, of getting off focus of not only what church is about, but what our life is about. We, listen, listen, I'm not ultimately talking about Sunday morning. I'm ultimately talking about Monday. I'm ultimately talking about Tuesday. I'm ultimately talking about our everyday life. Is he at the center of our everything? Because you can't manufacture on Sunday what you don't have on Friday and Saturday. If, if we're not worshiping and really making him the number one in our life, God is really not that impressed by how much we <laughs> this, this should be a manifestation of what's going on all week long. Listen, 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 listen. That's what this says. Revelations 12, 10, and 11 says, I heard a loud voice in heaven says, now come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. Now, hold on, what he said? He's talking about Jesus. He said, he said power, authority. You know what he's talking about? And he said, authority, that authority is in us. It's us. He left us, but he didn't leave us powerlessly. He left us with authority. Listen, let me, let me see, if I can, see if I can paint this picture. Let, let me see if I can paint this. He said, with all the riches, with all the stuff in Ephesus, he's saying, you are God's masterpiece. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are God's masterpiece. The riches, the authority, and all that he has invested in us is because God has made you not a Niagara Falls, not the moon, not the stars, not the galaxy, you. That is a, that is a game changer. Because the truth of the matter is, we don't talk like we're that. 
We don't act like we're that. We have allowed the world to dictate who we are instead of stepping up to. He says in Christ, talk about us in Christ over 12 times in this chapter. And what Paul is trying to say, be who you are. How can I say this? We've been eagles trained to be chickens. We've been raised in a chicken coop. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The earth is a chicken coop. This earth system is a chicken coop. Satan is feeding everybody chicken mess. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Do you really think Satan's going to bless you? Then what is he feeding you? Mess. So all of us, as we're coming out of the world, we're used to eating. The moment you got saved, you didn't quit eating. Somebody said, take my time. Which means then, no, don't look at me with that tone of voice. You got an argument about what I'm saying? If you do, come with it. First John chapter 5 said, the devil has us in his. Ephesians chapter 2 says that he is the prince of the power of the air, which means I, I had tuned them into my, in my frequency and they're doing what I want them to do. The problem is we don't see the whole picture. The problem is we don't understand that, that, that there's two kingdoms, God trying to save us, and the devil trying to destroy us. And even after we have came and been transferred into the kingdom of Christ with power, we still have not renewed our thinking. So we're eagles who eat chicken food sometimes. And God is saying, You know what that is? That's an eagle call. That's an eagle call. Matter of fact, I did that down Georgetown. They said, man, I heard eagles. You do a good eagle call. <laughs> so, 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 so the Holy Spirit, God don't come down where we are. He comes to get us, and then he calls us up and say, Arr! So watch this. So he don't want us to stay at the lower levels. He's called us up to a higher level. Listen, a higher way of thinking, a higher way of acting, a higher way of attitude, a whole high, see, 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 you can be a Christian and still act like a chicken. If you keep eating chicken food, you keep producing chicken stuff. What he does, he's, he's raising this thing, saying the bar of who we are is unlimited. Do you know who you are? Reach what you are. What you are is not what you wear. What you are is not what you drive. What you are is who you are on the inside. You have not even begun to see who you are. So watch this. So we are, but the manifestation of us walking who we are, we are becoming. Y'all with me? It is, it, is, it, is, it is understanding that what happened to us on the inside, the Holy Spirit, when God saved you, he dropped his divine seed of himself in your spirit. 
First Peter chapter one, verse 23. Listen, uncorruptible cannot be touched. Satan can't touch it. You can't even touch. So watch this. So watch this. So when he sees you, God sees that divine seed. Y'all hear me? That divine seed of who you are on the inside. The problem is you don't see it yet. And you can't walk in what you don't see. Because the way you tap into that is you got to believe what he says about you. Not just quote it. You got to know it. So therefore, you got to work this thing. Listen, it's a seed. It's not fruit. So if you're going to get fruit from your seed, you got to work the seed. My question is, are you working your seed? Are you working your seed? Listen, that's why you can't say, well, I need to learn patience. You can't learn patience. You already got the patience of God. You need to work the seed. You can't train your, 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 your flesh nature to be what God created you to be. You got to pull that thing off. Well, let me help you. Let's see if we can, let's see if we can tap into some scriptures. He's, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. It says that you put off where you are. Now, not, not first Peter, Ephesians chapter 4. Okay, there you go. That, notice what he said. God will not ask a Christian to do what you cannot do. If he asks us to do it, it's because he has empowered us to do it. So look what he's telling us to do. That you put off, pull off, put off. Say, pull it off. Concerning your former, should be former conduct, self, attitude, thinking, your old man. Which, which, which grows, you can't tell me that you stay the same. Whatever we don't deal with grows worse. Can I say this? As a Christian, whatever you refuse to deal with grows worse. Look, can I tell you one of the problems with preaching? Is that, is that, you know, we, we still hold on to our fig leaves. Thinking our fig leaves are covering us. But your fig leaf is dead. So if you don't, help me. Preaching tugs at our fig leaves. Okay? Now, now hold this now. The longer I hold on to my fig leaf, the more decay it's not attached anymore. The more decay it becomes. Now hold on, Christian now, but I'm holding on. Christ is trying to pull my fig leaf. So I'm trying to maintain, but, but notice that, that, that I maintain it. This is getting older. And you know what? Leaves stink. Compost. Cut grass after a while. Stinks. Dying stinks. Anything that dies stinks. So, so because we don't want to completely trust God and we like this about ourselves, so, so, what, so what, you know, we gave him the other thing, but this, I want to hold on. But the longer I hold on to it, it grows more Corrupt. That's why you see people as they get older get worse. Has nothing, has nothing to do with getting age. I see some sweet old folks. I know I'm old too, so I ain't on. Uh, but, but I see some older people grow, grow with more grace. But I see some older folks. Then we come up with the idea it's because they're getting old. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
If you are sweet and full of the Holy Spirit, I don't care how old you get, you get sweeter. But if you hold it on to those fig leaves, and then guess what it says? Grows even more corrupt. My brothers and sisters, this is the battle. I, I preach, Terry, but Terry, we did this, this, this funeral the other week. Woo-wee! Deacon Jet prayed, and a prayer hit them and bounced back and slapped us. <laughs> Terry, ter, ter, Terry was trying to say, she got a few. And this girl can sing. I got ready to jump out my seat. And they were like, Then when I got when I when I started preaching, it got even worse. You know why? Because I was pulling at. You can tell a church that don't want to change. Because while you preaching, you can see the looks. You can see the if if, if looks could kill. Now, I love preaching new. That's why preachers come here, because, because they say it's refreshing, because y'all respond back. Y'all, 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 y'all talk back. They love that. And for a preacher, that's like saying sick to a dog. I'm serious. Y'all start, and shit, you make us preach till we're crazy. I don't get much resistance. Notice what I said. Much Oh, y'all already, the choir say, yeah, we be seeing their faces at you. If looks could kill, you'd be one dead. <laughs> Hold on, next verse, <laughs> next verse, next verse. Watch this, he said, so, so in our Christian walk, there is a putting off, but it's also by the re- putting on by the renewing of the spirit of your mind. If we don't change our thinking, nothing changes. If, if, you don't, if you don't agree with what the word says, when the word challenges, you, you got to take that thing and pray about it. Listen, 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 listen. If you don't actively put it in you, you will lose it before you walk out the door. This is saying, Lord, feed me, Lord, change me, Lord, teach me, Lord, mold me, Lord, shape me, because I want to become more of your masterpiece. I want to see what it is you have in me. Y'all with me? Let me, let me hurry. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. Listen, low-level thinking is in your RO nature. That's low level. That's not spirit. My thing is, why then do we look at things, pay attention to things that speaks to our low level nature? And then say it's not wrong. Listen, we would justify our low level nature and then say, well, 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 can I just be myself? Okay, be your old self then. But the problem is with this is, is that, that if you're not walking in the spirit and the devil attacks you, you can't turn it on and off. You got to know that the devil has us under attack on the radar 24-7. He's waiting for a radar. He's waiting for an opening. He's waiting to, to stop, let the, the miracle of you show up. So what he would do is he wait till you relax. Oh, shut your mouth. He'll wait until you know. You wonder how some people, how, how, how you say, how did they let that happen? It didn't happen overnight. 
It was a, it was a slow progression. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will cost you more than you want to pay. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. It's like those commercials about cigarettes, about and you see them pull it off their skin and pull it off their teeth. I said, that's sin. It costs you. It costs, you don't even know it costs you. It don't even seem like it costs you. But later down the line, you say, I never, somebody would have told me. I don't expect many amens, but I know it's true. I hate to say this, but, but you know what, what the fear of the guy is? It means taking God seriously. It means taking him. The fear of God is like, no. It means, Lord, I hear what you're saying. And I know that you, what you're telling me is for my good. And Lord, I take you seriously. I know you're not to be played with. So, so hold on. Just, just because I'm saved, don't give me a right to go out there and do anything I want to do. Yeah, my salvation can't be taken. But, you know, how can I say this? His whoopings hurt. Where I want to go, where I want to take us, because I'm about ready to end this thing. Because y'all looking at me like, I'll be glad when you get out of this, friend. But we need this. We need to understand how this thing works. Hallelujah. Okay, Colossians 3, 5 and 14. Watch this, watch this, watch, watch, watch when it comes up. Colossians 3, 5 and 14. He said, put to death. Guess, guess who he's talking to? Us. Whatever belongs to your earth. Well, he, said, he said some of the things that belong to your earthly nature. Y'all might as well just say, whoo, with me. <laughs> you know why? Because it's getting in the way of the masterpiece that we are. One of the problem is we don't know we're his masterpiece. We don't know what he's doing. We don't know what he's up to. We think this is just about, listen, God could have saved us and took us home, but he left you here so he could show you off. Listen, Job, 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 it, it wasn't Satan bragging. It wasn't Satan trying to tempt Job. It was God bragging on Job. It was God saying, you know, Satan came in with the angels, and Satan said, where you been? I've been up and down the earth tearing up your people. And God said, huh, have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered my boy? That's my boy. That's my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I don't know about you. I, I want to be where God can trust me. <laughs> I, I want to be where God can say, that's my boy. That's my girl. I want to be where God, listen, listen, you, you, you are supposed to be shining to the cosmos. The angels are watching you. See, not only is the angel, but the demons are watching you. You know what? I wanted to be the demon say, we can't mess with him. I wanted to be that, that God got so much anointing, so much power, so much favor. God wants to show you off. But you know what he's going to show off? Your faith. Then at the end of the day, you come back and say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I want you. See, all this praising up here, 
Can you do it when you're not here? Hallelujah. 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 There ought to be some singing at home. There ought to be some praising at home. There ought to be some hallelujahs in the car. There ought to be some thank you when you're all by yourself. There ought to be some stuff going on between you and God every day. There ought to be, Lord, I can't make it without you. I can't see without you. I think we need some corrective vision. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Then I'm done. Now I got one more verse that will help explain this verse. We got to understand, right? As small as this verse is, it is so powerful. Let me explain. A person that don't know the Lord, the Bible calls them blind. Matter of fact, the Bible, I think 2 Corinthians chapter 4 said, who the God, small g, of this world has blinded, put a blindfold over them. They cannot see the glory of Jesus because there's literally a spiritual blindfold on their eyes. We are spiritual beings living in a natural dimension. But the spiritual worlds are involved on us. And whether we recognize it or not, everything is coming from a spiritual source. There is not a natural thing by itself. There is a spiritual undercurrent, a spiritual flow in everything. Because we don't understand the magnitude of that, we ebb and flow between the spirit of God and the spirit of the devil. Let me explain. As a Christian, you're not blind. Close one eye. Now let me, let me look through this. Do you see clearly? How many of the choir stands do you see? Do you see two and three and four of one person? Yes, I do. His, his, because he's looking through this, it's distorted. All of us are walking around. I hate to tell you, Kim, I just saw 25 of you. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You can deal with that? I don't know if I can deal with that. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Shame. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Man, I got a church. Oh, I don't know that many people. That's about a thousand people. Distorted. What's distorted in your vision? I'm going to speak to some of the old people. Remember, I'm going to tell your age. Remember, I'm old. Remember the, the pop, the, the Coke bottle that was glass? And the bottom of it was this thick glass. And as a kid, you try to look through it and everything was distorted. Guess what? That's what we look through. Look what God says. God says, until I purify your heart, you don't even see me correctly. Can I, can, can I, can I dig in this a little bit more? A person who has a distorted heart don't see nobody correctly. You see from your own heart so you don't see what is before you. You cover them in what's in your own heart. Yeah. 
So watch this. So, so uh, if a person's heart is so... I don't care how you try to prove yourself to them, they still see you with, from their own distortion. I'm helping somebody. <laughs> Y'all with me? Okay, let's go, let's go a step different. Matter of fact, with this in your heart of your vision, when you look up, you see a distorted picture of God. So you can't even trust God because you can't trust him because in your own heart is a distortion of everything. It was this grandfather that was sleeping and mama, grandma was in the kitchen uh, eating Limburg cheese. And the grandkids was over. And if you don't know what Limburg cheese, ask somebody. Well, the kids, grandma went up to take her nap. You know, it's, it's, it's a bad thing to leave kids to their own imagination. <laughs> so they said, Grandpa in there sleeping. Let's take some of Grandma's Limburg cheese and let's smear it all over Grandpa's head, a big mustache, mustache. So they took it and they smeared it, okay? Grandpa woke up. This room stinks. He went into the kitchen. Kitchen stinks. Went into the bedroom. <laughs> bedroom stinks. Went outside. The whole world stinks. Now, from his perspective, he was right. But it wasn't that he was smelling the world. He was smelling his mustache that was up under his nose. Maybe it's not everybody else. Maybe the way we're viewing things is a distorted picture because we need God Lord, clean my heart. Lord, check my heart. Lord, 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 renew my heart. Because the heart controls how you see things. Can, can I prove this? Let me hook this up with another passage, then we're done. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Spirit, now the Lord is the Spirit. And we say, to the Holy Spirit and the Lord, the Holy Spirit do not come talk about himself. He, he comes talk about Jesus. He shows us Jesus. You cannot see Jesus without the Holy Spirit. It is he who takes away the blindfold. It is he that, that turns up the vision of our eyesight more and more. You get that. Notice what it says. It says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So, so he says, the taking off of the old nature the, and, and the putting on of your eyesight is from the Holy Spirit. Y'all see that? So, so as we keep getting deeper, the Holy Spirit keeps showing us more. Not intellect. Not intellect. This is spirit. God is spirit. He speaks into our spirit. He shows us in the spirit. You with me? Y'all see that? He says, the more I show you, the more you are set free. He said, he said listen, the power of the devil has already been broken. He said, but I'm setting you free in your own thinking, in your own soul. You got that. Okay, let's go on. Free from bondage, free. So, so, so what should be happening is the things that I used to think last year, I know better now. There's a constant moving forward. 
not standing still. Matter of fact, can, can, can I go with you? Remember the decaying? If, <clears throat> if you're not moving forward, you're really moving back. You with me? Listen, this is spiritual truth. This is, this is spiritual truth. We live in this whether you know it or not. You live in this whether you like it or not. Listen, you know, God don't care whether we like it. He said this is the way it is. Now learn how to operate in the victory that has already been given you. Listen, I've been through hell and high water to get to know this stuff. I'm sharing you from my experience. So I'm not telling you this to put, no, I still fight it, but, but in my fighting, I have understanding of it because of what I've come through, because of what I've been through. Understand where I'm coming from. My anointing, my, is to break down the word and explain it so we can come out of bondage. I'm called out of Isaiah 61 which deals with bondage to the Christians so we can get healing. Let's go on. Next verse. It says, we all of us Christian as with unveiled faith. The Holy Spirit has taken off the veil because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a, and it doesn't really mean mirror, it means in that day the glass was like the bottom of a pop bottle. Y'all got it. You couldn't see clearly. So what you had to do in order to see something, you had to keep looking. Y'all understand what's happening? You keep looking at Jesus. Guess what the devil tried to get you to do? Stop looking. Do you see? Do you see? Do you see? It's a, as I look, he's purifying my heart. He's showing me me. I, I, I keep on looking because I want to see him. And as I keep on looking, I see more of him. And the more I see, the more he's changing me. You get that? And, and that's the process. That's the process. You, you become what you're looking at. If, if you're looking in the wrong place, you become that too. But you become what you're looking at. So my question is, what you're looking at? Hold on. Look what he said. He said, he said in the mirror to at the glory, not our glory, but his glory. Can I tell you it's all about his glory? Did I tell you it's all about his glory? That even you being a masterpiece is all about his glory. So listen, don't let nobody or nothing be big enough to take your eyes off of him. Let me say that again. Don't let nobody or no one be big enough to take your eyes off of him. Because when we are looking at something other than Jesus, that's your God. Let's go deeper. Constantly as you constantly look, you are constantly being what? Transfigured, transformed into his very image. Remember, in the garden, we lost his image. Now in Christ, we are gaining his image. It goes back to God's original plan. You get it? Let's go on. His very ever-increasing splendor. Let me, from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. <clears throat> Let me finish it up. What is he saying? He said, I'm calling you from glory to glory. If you think you done experienced something now, you haven't seen nothing yet. It's glory to glory. Listen, it's his glory. If you think he's good now, keep on looking. He's better than that. <laughs> Hold on now. If you think he's awesome and he's been good to you, keep your eyes on Jesus 
You haven't seen nothing yet. He gets better than that. He gets greater than that. His glory is bigger than that. You know, what God would do, he wants to blow your mind. And once he blew your mind once, he want to come and blow it again. I wonder, when the last time your mind been blown? Have your mind been blown lately? Guess what? When you get over that and you get yourself together and you start looking again, God will blow it again. Our God is an infinite God, which means that our praise ought to get louder. Our praise ought to get better. See, your last year praise should not be enough to hold your this year praise. Because this year, I see him a little bit better. I see him a little bit greater. I see him, his love for me, his care for me, his salvation of me. I got the can't help it. Last year, I thought I knew something. But this year, I know even more. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited about what else he has in store. Listen, the more you see him, the more you want him. The more you want him, the more he gives himself. The more he gives himself, the more you want him. The more you want him, the more he'll give himself. The more he gives himself, the more you want him. The more you want him, the more he'll feed you. The more he feeds you, the more you want him. The more you want him, the more. Is there anybody who wants my Jesus? Is there anybody want to taste and see? Is there anybody?